Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Los mejores viajes. Nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCI US LLC. Hello there, you're watching The Pulse on the Joy News Channel this afternoon. Another night of darkness in parts of the country. This time we'll hear from business owners who say their businesses risk collapse with the imminent park hearts uh, during the day as well. It's very, very, very bad. Do you understand? Very, very bad. So we are pleading to the government to come in our to fix their doing so. Uh, this more as we hear from the Deputy Energy Minister who assures that the power situation has been completely resolved. We'll get you the very latest on this. The ECOWAS uh, Community Court of Justice is also indicating this afternoon its readiness to adjudicate any election dispute that may arise during and after the general elections. And then the people who are affected, let's say if a political party thinks that some of the doings of the certain government is not going well. They can come to the court to remedy the situation. And we've done it several times in Kodiwa and other places. And also this afternoon, Environmental Protection Advocacy Group, Eco-Conscious Citizens, is calling on President Akufando to put words into action and deliver on his campaign promise of fighting illegal mining to the core as the menace continues to wreak havoc in the Ghanaian society. Honorable for the president to realize how important the issue was to Ghanaians for him to even realize that he had to tell us something like he's putting his career on the line. And the excitement that uh, Chef Fela uh, uh, to uh, may have secured a spot in the Guinness World uh, Record books for the longest culinary uh, marathon after spending 10 challenging days uh, crafting some. Uh, 
meals as well for patrons. Uh, but patrons who thronged the venue had a different uh, agenda as well. Some of them were able to create some businesses as well uh, for themselves. Looking for a husband. I'm looking for a husband. If you can get some for me. Is it a military husband you want? An ordinary gardener on the street. Very simple. And we have uh, these and more stories uh, coming away here on The Pulse, uh, brought to you by Global Communities, Digni Lu, Affordable Safe Sanitation. Don't forget that we're on DSTV Channel 421, Go TV Channel 125, we're on Facebook, YouTube, and MyJoyOnline.com. Join us as independent, fearless, and credible. Welcome to The Pulse. Thanks for joining us. Our businesses risk collapse. The words of some business owners in the capital, Accra, and parts of the country as they raise alarm over the impact of power outages and also the imminent cuts on their works. Uh, some communities in the capital were actually plunged into darkness Wednesday night, with others also experiencing power cuts during the day. The minority uh, and experts say the government's failure to pay some key players in the energy sector, including the West Africa gas pipeline company, WAPCO, has led to the erratic power cuts. My colleague Kenneth uh, J.C. visited some of these affected communities that experienced the power outages yesterday and now reports. Parts of the capital and other parts of the country have been experiencing intermittent power outages in recent days, with some Ghanaians calling for a timetable from the Electricity Company of Ghana to prepare ahead of time. But how has this recent power outages impacted them commercially and domestically? Let's find out. It's been once a while. And then when they come, we have to off all our gadgets. And about five or uh, ten then to come back again then we wait and uh, they, they off it they off it again so that is the problem we have it now uh, i can see that you operate a cold store so how does it affect your business it affects very much because without light we cannot operate the cold store so it, 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 it's very 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 bad do you understand very very bad so we are appealing to the government to come in our aid to Fix their doom, so I beg you talk to the government to fix their doom, so they understand. Because anybody, when the, when the light is not there, we cannot operate anything, and we do have this in a panning of fufu too. So, with that light, how can we, how can we do business now? The country too is sad. So, please, we are begging, please, to the government to you know come to our aid, please. So that's why we want to talk to the government to come to aid. How about domestically in your homes? How has it impacted you? The dimso dimso at home has it destroyed any gadgets? How has it impacted your home? Uh, with my place, um, is I destroyed my machine, my, my my machine that I used to play music. It's, it's very bad, and then my free too. You understand? 
when they on when they off the machine today, we not even off the light. They don't even tell us, give me any signal that we are going to give light off. So we should be aware to off our gadget. But on the day before we went like they off the light, which we doesn't know anything about it. So they have to even give us question that today or tomorrow we are going to give light off. They will be aware before we light off the light. So it has spoke so many of our our, our gadgets and it's very bad. Yeah. It affected us a lot. Uh, that was last month, December, around 25th, uh, uh, 15th to uh, 20th. Yeah, it affected us a lot. We were having a job on our hand, which is supposed to be de uh, delivered for a Christmas program. And for some time now, we sat down without any job. So when we had that job, it was a huge amount of money that we were supposed to do so that we can settle our debts and so on. But unfortunately, we started a job, and uh, on the way, the light went off. So we sat down thinking maybe some two hours, three hours time, the lights might come. But we waited to no avail, the light couldn't come. So, the owner of the job also got uh, depressed because there is pressure on him. He's supposed to deliver the job the following day. So, the guy came for the whole job that day and sent it back to another place for it to be printed where they had these generators and so on. And we lost that day a huge amount of money. Yeah, it, it continued for about three, three consecutive times. The same thing happened. We have to wait, thinking the light will come, and it didn't. The light didn't come, so it affected us to uh, the December, the Christmas that we have to celebrate. Everything was just uh, down for us like that. Oh, I am a person who says, Do some say you are. Almost at the time, no, who say, and I may bed ma, mini light, and there's some people may have a quarry me want to make a paper. Now, so I bet now I would do it, my man, not for it near the moon. Won't mean you have here, who saw the day, no, one five young coffee. It told me who said, Been out to a yard, when you are there, the base of Gabiesida. It told me who's the same number. It is a name Tuesday, Mizet Menya, Menza, Wednesday, and Menkahu. Budget. It must have a pie, I may tell you. I have a pie. A buyer, no, I say, when you may be an hour. Oh, I said, Juma, and I say, my father, I could cross what's easy with ye. A bapra copena, Masonet, Jairo, no, finances, as I say, me to call, and I say, a motor national, Sam Copper Floor. And I remember the award, Juma, with the whole background, the car, and I said, Dum Lightia. Carabadina Oka. There is no occasion yet as to when this power crisis will come to an end. Reporting for Joy News, I'm Kenneth Jesse. Well, we know uh, that it wasn't only businesses in the capital that were affected, uh, but other parts of the country as well experienced the outages. Uh, these are the, reaction, uh, that the reactions that we're actually getting from the central region. Fort Crimson. I'm from Fort Crimson. I'm from this place. Um, it is really affecting us in many ways. In fact, Business have slowed because of it. Our phones are being stolen because when the light is off, we can't sit in the shop. The heat is too much, so we have to just 
get outside and find somewhere we will get some fresh air. The right, yes, just yesterday they came to pick three phones. Just uh, after my uh, my shop, the shop after my own, they came to pick three phones because of this issue. Because the heat was too much, so you have to come out and stay outside. Then the person entered and come, came to steal the phones and took them away. That is one and two. This place, it is only the evenings that market uh-huh, boom. Uh-huh. So in the evening when we are selling and there is no light and this place is dark, you have to pack and go. Because even in the day, daytime, the thieves are worrying us. So how much more in the evening when you are in the dark? It is worse. So you are afraid, you have to just pack and go. Right now when you are even walking on the road, you are afraid. Because there are thieves everywhere. In fact... The doomsday is too much. They said it's not called doomsday. We don't know what it's called. So we should, they should just do something about it. And the, the worst thing is that they don't even announce. You'll be there and the lights will just go off just like that. It is really, really annoying and it is disturbing. So please, they should do something about it. Uh, at least, if there is a, a power shortage or there is a fault somewhere, they should alert us so that we will know that this is what is going on. So we will prepare for it. But it shouldn't be like you are there, then they will off the lights. A whole day. Yesterday, it came around eight something. When I went to my phone was off. I was quickly, I couldn't even find, I, I couldn't do anything. I, had, I just had to stay outside and wait for the light to come. It's really disturbing. So they should announce that, oh, there is um, a fault here we are trying to do. So if they, it, they said it's not doing so, then they have to announce so that we will be aware. So that's our worry right now. Mpacha FM Yediwa. Mewa bra na highlight some de nya kra shemitinu. Me timika same kwaye me ya kwaya salum for see ya man light off. Inti asa na unya kwasha dry ma wakum. Wagya samiti mwuny na fo. E dra na dry yin to minda. Mempu de chasa me baba dampuna mi kru preme kwana mbufu. E dra no pa premi kru se o yedma o so me. Wenya kwa la pre or befia wansi dim pon febi mefi. Because light and anomu di ye juma oho. E duwe ni mwenye soni ye baba dance wano masin ye juma light. Nti chesa hane di ye light off na. Nti se, ye ni mwse light na mwa tonsu wa mwankanchira ye. Ni ene ye hosu. Na gana se baby baby ya kwa sha ye nyan kwa sha. Ni ye bladodo. And of course, uh, some concerns from the central region there. Economist and former board chair of the uh, Ghana Revenue Authority, Professor Stephen Adair, is kicking against the newly introduced uh, VAT on uh, electricity, insisting uh, that the VAT will worsen the plight of consumers and make businesses uh, uncompetitive. In a letter uh, from the Finance Ministry on the implementation of the value-added tax on supply of electricity above the lifeline for residential purposes, the ministry urged GRA to ensure it liaises with the ECGN Netco for uh, the transfer of revenues uh, collected from the implementation of VAT on the matter as part of its domestic VAT collections. Definitely, I mean, electricity for people is a, a necessity. And therefore, when you increase it, it will hit many people. Let me say that I'm almost in my home out of the ECG grid. I'm 95% on solar because I saw this coming two years ago. And I said, I'm not going to be hit by it. But I think that the idea of increasing taxes, new taxes, rather than implementation and getting 
those taxes, property taxes, you know, and then pay should be the norm. And also, we are not getting sufficient from our gold, and uh, now there's a, an issue about lithium, uh, still going about it as if we are living in the 18th century. So, there are certain areas that we should focus. Mm. And then the compliance. I think that there's also a lot of corruption within the tax uh, uh, system in, in this country. <laughs> we are, I was there for 15 months, so I can't be an expert in oh, well. what goes on. But there was a case whereby someone had actually, some a company had to pay 100 million or thereabout, I think dollars or CDs, I can't remember correctly, and had gone to get some money and made it 1 million. Really? And I find him. Of course, they just don't like it. And there are so many leakages in the system that must be plugged. There's no doubt at all people will be worse off. But actually, in other jurisdictions, when you have a vast rate, it applies to everything. Okay. But the question is, uh, what does it bring the electricity? For example, one of the reasons why our factories are not being competitive is the cost of electricity. Uh, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether this one is going to affect also the productive sectors. If it does, we become more and more uncompetitive. Actually, it says up to twenty-two percent for commercial uh, users. We become more uncompetitive because already we are one of the highest costs when it comes to electricity in our sub-region if not in the world, you first focus on things that increases production. And then that in turn will feed into your tax system. If you muscle those, uh, uh, the tax that lay the golden uh, egg, you are not going to go anywhere else. And at this moment, I believe that things that increase the cost of production in industry should be avoided. You should be going after the billions of uncollected property taxes and people getting away, clearing things, being exempted, not even the more important ones. These are why the, the mines have millions of exemptions. And these are the ones we should go rather than going after the uh, ordinary producer and consumer when it comes to electricity. Let's take it elsewhere because school authorities in the Kwanta South municipality are appealing to security authorities in the municipality to consider relaxing the curfew imposed uh, on the area. It's been two months since schools were closed due to some violent clashes which left several injured and uh, created insecurity within the area. The situation has hampered school activities to the detriment of teachers and pupils as well as parents. OT Regional Correspondent uh, Peter Seno visited some of the schools in the area on day two of the reopening uh, and reports uh, on the concerns of some teachers. There's more. Basic school pupils tidying up their learning environment. As of about 7.45 a.m. Wednesday morning, not very much is seen in terms of numbers and teachers on duty. 
only two teachers were present when joiners visited the MA Basic Schools. At the Roman Catholic Junior High School, almost all teachers were present for academic work, with some students already seated in their classrooms ready to study. Mary is one of the teachers. Yesterday it was encouraging us. Today is much better, and so we are expecting more students to come back. All we are hoping for is the best. We want to plead with all the people involved to give peace a chance. For our children's future is at stake. If not, they will not be able to go further. They are going to compete with their colleagues at Accra and other places. If we don't stay, give peace a chance, it means they cannot perform and go further. And it will affect us with the parents. It will become a burden on us. So we plead with them to give peace a chance. Whatever the situation is, they should let us solve it amicably. For Dura, apart from the pupils suffering the brunt of the conflict, the situation is having a toll on their finances. We are not all that pleased with the happenings because it's affecting our children so much. A lot of our friends in other schools are still learning and we are home. We are losing a lot and at the end of the day we are all expecting to perform and then write the same examination. Staying at home and a lot of us have to travel to other places to seek refuge and then a lot of expenses and planned expenses as well. So it's draining us as well. And in Quanta Senior High School, not many students had reported for academic work. Only 10 of these first years were in queue for admissions when we visited. Those in third year have been clustered into classes for tuition. Patrick Agubli is the senior house parent from Quanta Senior High School. Uh, they are coming, except that uh, the number is still low. But the close of yesterday, we recorded 292 students. Yeah, they came. As a continuing student? No, the total, including the first years. He wants authorities to consider relaxing the curfew so that extra academic interventions can be made to cater for the time lost. At Tabubu Girls Senior High School, teachers were in their professional learning community training when we visited. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCI US LLC. 
Not many students reported to school on day two. The head girl for the school, Miracle Intiamwa, is appealing to her colleagues to return to school. School is in sessions. Teachers are around, but students are nowhere to be found. You may go to a class and three students are there. We will start learning, but when the others come, the teachers will not agree to go back, which will affect us. Already, looking at the situation, the JHS3 and SHS3 students are very high affected. They are highly affected, and we need to catch up with time because we have limited time to write our final examination. So... My colleagues in the house, I want to appeal to you. We are here. Nothing is happening. Um, I'm here. Other prefects are here. Students are here. Nobody is being shot. Nobody is being hurt. Security personnel are around protecting us to make sure that our safety is paramount. According to the headmistress, Monica Kleku, some students have left the school due to the conflict in the area. She wants them to return now that authorities have called for schools to reopen. Please allow your girls to come to school. Girl child education is the best. It will help you as the parents. It will help in Kwanta South. It will help Mother Ghana. Peter Senu for Joy News. A non-profit organization, the Eco-Conscious Citizens, are calling on President Ekufando to stay through to his promise of de dealing with the menace of illegal mining. The president, a couple of years ago, vowed to put his presidency on the line and to tackle the menace. There are things that we just cannot allow to happen. And one of them is the heritage, the inheritance that our fathers and our grandfathers, our great-grandfathers bequeathed to us, especially the space, the Ghanaian space, which we all occupy. We have a duty to preserve it for those who are coming after us. And if our river bodies are drying up, our landscape is being desecrated, we here, Leaders of our society, leaders of our nation, political leaders, traditional rulers, religious leaders. We have a responsibility to say no. This, we can allow it to go on for our own common survival and the survival of those who are to come. If we allow it, we are jeopardizing our own future. The cabinet, when we decided the time had come for us to put the weight of government behind the decision to try and stop illegal mining in Galamsey, when you know that the activities that, are, that they're involved in are jeopardizing the very survival of the, our nation. I took the decision that there would be a betrayal of the trust that the Ghanaian people put on me in me on the 7th of January this year. And as a result, we established this committee within the government to design a policy for us not just to stop it, to reclaim the land, to let our rivers work again.
but also to see how we can figure a way for all these able-bodied young men who are involved in this activity to find an alternative livelihood. So it's a package. It's a package that we have designed to try and bring this menace to a conclusion. I've said it in the cabinet and perhaps it's the first time I'll be saying it in public. I am prepared to put my presidency on the line on this matter. After seven years, the eco-conscious citizens believe that a lot more needs to be done in tackling illegal mining. Uh, here uh, is a report, uh, of course, capturing the concerns of the group, uh, which is also warning of some dire consequences for the country if uh, the situation remains unchecked. Conscious is warning of the impending danger Galamse poses to Ghanaians if the menace is not brought to a halt. Founder and coordinator of the group Aula Sewa says Ghana could soon import water from other countries if the practice of Galamse is not stopped. Well, I mean, it's dire, and I wouldn't even say we're not expecting, we can't be bothered. I mean, the water company has warned us over and over and over again. We have been told that we face a clear and present danger. We face an existential threat. We know that as a consequence of the illegal mining, you know, the water has become so polluted that the water company is spending more and more and more money to treat the water. And the reason why they had to stop um, water supply to this part of the Ashanti region, that even their machines are beginning to get damaged because of the debris getting there. So the writing has been on the wall. We know it. But we don't seem to care very much. And I keep on saying that until Ghanaians become angry enough to say that enough is enough. I'm not going to sit there if the authorities can't be bothered, I am bothered for myself and for my children. Things are not going to change. Communications Director of Food Sovereignty Ghana, Edwin Kuku Ander, says President Kufuado has failed in his fight against illegal mining, especially when he famously put his presidency on the line to fight the canker. It was very honorable for the president to realize how important the issue was to Ghanaians, for him to even realize that he had to tell us something like he's putting his career on the line. This is a warning to anyone who's coming to lead Ghana, whether it be Mahama or Alan Kash, uh, Nana Bediako, who's just outdoored his, 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 his um, positioning. It's for you to bring responsibility to the leadership of Ghana. So we expect example, and um, we don't expect that there will be impunity where government appointees are shaded, are protected. Galamsay continues to wreak havoc on the environment, causing wanton destruction to nature. But the fight is not over yet. Reporting for Joy News, my name is Kenneth Jesse. Well, it's a good time to bring in a national coordinator for the Eco-Conscious Citizens, Awala Sawa, who's joining us via Zoom now. Thank you for your time. We've spoken so many times about uh, this issue. Uh, I'm just wondering uh, what else we can be doing now, uh, just to, of course, draw the attention of the president that he needs to do more, as the experts are saying. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. One more thing we need to do is to be angry enough to make it clear that um, even if we have to down our tools and march to Jubilee House, we're prepared to do that. And also, it's an election year. So we need to make it clear for anybody um, standing for the presidency, any political party, that there are some environmental uh, demands you need to sign up to. 
and that if you don't, it would affect your chances of being of the chances of your being successful in the elections. And I know that apart from eco-conscious citizens who have worked on a manifesto, a coalition of environmental groups are also doing so. And it will be launched sometime in February. But for today, we have said that any political party that wants um, to be taken seriously should sign up firstly to revoking EI-144, which declassifies some parts of Achimota Forest, and LI-2462, which allows virtually unfettered access to our forest reserves, including globally significant biodiversity areas. And I'm pleased that many others have joined the call. So that is fantastic. And then we also want a pause on community mining. We cannot even properly regulate the big companies. How much more the myriads of um, community mining, so-called community mining organization. So we are saying put a pause on it and then enshrine a law where the community itself, where the mining is to take place, can reject the can reject the uh, mining, and if they do so, it has to stop. And we, at this point, we want to praise Shatawali for not being part of the launch of community mining in the Elambele district. We also want a ban on single-use plastics. We think that the, we can all see what it's doing. It's clogging our gutters, and it's not doing us any good. The BBC has even reported that particles are being found in the water we are drinking using the plastic bottles. We also want um, an executive instrument to be passed which protects our um, wetlands. Ghana has wetlands where there are buildings, there are all sorts of things taking place. 2nd February is World Wetlands Day and we want the press to focus on wetlands and the importance of wetlands and other ecological areas. And we are quite clear that we need to protect them. If there are buildings on them, they need to be removed. And in addition, we need to make sure that where it's a wetland, no services such as um, electricity or water should be taken there for private houses because you're not supposed to have houses on wetlands. And then finally, we're talking about noise pollution, which people don't seem to take seriously, but which can seriously affect our health. And we're saying that when more than three people make a complaint about noise nuisance, the facility or organization where the noise pollution is coming from should be made to stop what they are doing and then they should be stopped from using amplifiers and so on and so forth. So there's peace in their neighborhood. And they should be stopped until the court of competent jurisdiction can testify that they are not going to cause noise any longer with the equipment. Mm. And, and I mean, so that's a nutshell. Yeah, I mean, speaking about having the politicians uh, commit to uh, tackling this uh, menace, uh, the point is that they could easily get away with it, uh, j- just uh, for the mere fact of electioneering uh, campaigns, uh, we could have them put them in their manifesto, and yet they may not actualize it when they come to power. Well, that's why we've given time frames. For example, with the revocation of EI-144 and LI-2462, we said within the first six months of your presidency. So it's quite clear after six months that they just paid lip service. So then why are you going to vote for them again? There should be no such thing as breaking the eight or whatever it is. If they sign up to um, demands and then they do something else. You don't vote for them again, as simple as that. It's, is that the most effective way of dealing with it? Well, I'm not saying it's the most effective way, but it is an effective way of dealing with it. I mean, politicians want power, and they want to be co- continue remaining in power. Mm. So you come with, you've signed up to repealing these terrible um, uh, terrible allies. 
months, you don't do so, we make sure we don't return you to office. And there are other measures we can take. We take them, but for starters, you will not come back. So you only serve if you are lucky or four years, and that's, that's the end of it. And while we are at this, of course, uh, Jonis is still uncovering more devastation. Erasmus uh, Asari Donko just pointing out to us that um, there are some uh, m- more forest reserves that are being depleted by, you know, unnamed individuals going, you know, further than we know. Looking at these revelations uh, coming through, uh, what do you think that perhaps the communities can also be doing to to aid in the fight against these illegal mining men. Well, I mean, we know who some of these people are. Professor Vipon Boateng has written his report, and nothing is being done. We have asked for a public inquiry into his report. We've also asked that the directors of Akonta Mining be made to answer for destroying parts of the uh, Tanonimiri Forest Reserve. You see, if high flyers are wantonly destroying the landscape and we do nothing about it, then it shows that we are not serious. So for starters, these need need to be done so that we see that there's something going on. But I would say that all this illegal mining will go on until Ghanaians are angry. We looked at the case of Kakumpa, where there was um, a talk about mining Kakumpa. The strength of public opinion was so strong that, you know, Minerals Commission took it off its website and said that they had no intention of granting a license. So if right now the communities begin to stop it, if they have to do citizens' arrest. Whatever they have to do lawfully, they do it. If we all march to Jubilee House and say we're staying there until you use your good offices to stop the destruction of uh, our landscape, especially, as you said, you're putting your presidency on the line, I think we'll see some result. But at the moment, we don't seem to be angry enough. We need that anger to be channeled responsibly. We don't want any violence. But at the same time, we can't just be sitting down whilst our landscape is being destroyed. And the persons who are putting their, their lives on the line, people like your reporter and others, I mean, they are risking their lives to bring all this to us. And what are we doing about it? We have discussions upon discussions and no arrests are being made. We know the perpetrators. What is stopping us from arresting them? So if we're not going to do that, the communities should start arresting them, effecting, um, uh, what do you call it, citizens' arrest. And the rest of the population, for heaven's sake, should show their anger. Look at the images you are showing. I mean, it's just, I don't even, I can't even find the words for that. And nothing is happening. Yeah, nothing appears to, to be going on. Uh, but the, the point about the president putting his presidency on the line for this, he still has a year to go. Uh, nothing at stake politically. But you're talking about the possibility of tackling this uh, ECU if we look at or perhaps revise some of the statutes that we have. Where, where do we start off from if we're to, you know, at least take advantage of this window where the president is still in office and could do something in, in terms of revising the law? Well, I mean, if he had wanted to do something, he had seven years to do it. Of course, he, he can still do it, but he didn't do it in the seven years that he had. But what we would say is that we can have demonstrations to encourage him to do it in the, in the period that he has left. Because he can then redeem himself. If he doesn't do it, then I'm afraid he go down in history as... Um, um, I really don't want to use the words, but I think um, everybody knows what I'm alluding to. The destruction that he has supervised and done nothing about, where he could easily have stopped it. So he has a few months left to redeem himself. If he doesn't, the population should be angry enough to demonstrate and to take action. We cannot accept the images that are being shown. This has to stop yesterday. Uh, any message for our viewers now on what you'd want them to do? Yes, viewers, let's all be angry enough to do something about protecting our environment. We cannot sit idly by whilst 
is being destroyed for ourselves and for future generations. Let's demonstrate communities arrest these illegal uh, miners, defect citizens arrest, and cheese for heaven's sake. We are there to protect your people, not to sell the land for mess of pottage. Do something, stop these things from happening. And congratulations to the chiefs who have stood up against illegal mining. The rest of you should follow the example and protect your landscape. You are there as a chief for a purpose, to protect your land, to protect your people. That's why you are there. Thank you very much. Grateful. I will also ask uh, convener for the Eco Conscious Citizens. And uh, even as we speak, uh, we know that uh, join you in partnership uh, with uh, the uh, VOA and other media partners are, of course, uh, touring some of the communities, screening to them uh, the findings we have made as part of our uh, fight against illegal mining. We'll bring you updates in our subsequent bulletins. But uh, it's time now to also go back to our top story about um, the imminent blackouts. Um, of course, lots of businesses complaining about the effects. And it's time now uh, to, of course, uh, have a conversation uh, on this. Uh, joining us now is uh, Andrew Japa Mesa, uh, Deputy Minister uh, responsible for energy. Thank you so much, sir, for uh, joining us here on the polls. Uh, earlier, you were, of course, giving assurances that uh, this is just a one-off and that Dumso will no longer uh, be a case. Uh, should Ghanaians take that, you know, uh, seriously, knowing that, of course, there are uh, some complaints uh, that came, keep coming through, uh, you know, about the, the, power, uh, the power cuts and, of course, issues still happening in some of the communities. Hello? Hello, sir. I hope you can hear me. Yes, yes, yes. Good afternoon. Uh, yeah. I, your intro was, was not too... Uh... Yes, and I was just talking about the fact that um, you were giving assurances earlier um, in the day um, on radio, pointing out uh, that uh, this is over and that we are just out of that phase of yes, uh, the part, part um, And I can say without any fear of contradiction, mm. this was uh, uh, an incident that really should not have arisen in the first place. Uh, I must concede that uh, it was purely as a result of timing. Okay, that led to our inability to uh, secure the appropriate approvals to enable us to one go on time uh, before they are the timeline that we have set for us with respect to the curtailment of their services. But that has been done, uh, they've been paid, and so I do not foresee that uh, contrary obviously to the assertion that this is protracted, it's not uh, the issue of the resolved, uh, there's not going to be any outages there's no tombstone, which really is the failure of the Mahama administration. Uh, but, but interestingly, uh, over the past two days, I've, I've had cause to, uh, in a sense, uh, uh, do some tribulation of thought. That hey, so today, days like of really can create this kind of disquiet. Uh, clearly, when you put it in perspective with the four years that we slept in that, then it tells you the kind of suffering that Ghanaians went through. And I'm excited to some extent that we've been able to fix, to a large extent, the two issues such that Ghanaians expect, and rightly so, that the lights will remain on at all. Okay, uh, there was a meeting between. Uh... Over one day, 
they will have all to complete. Right. There was a meeting between um, your outfit and the independent power producers yesterday. Uh, what were the concrete agreements that you arrived at? I'm not sure whether we met IPPs yesterday. Uh, I don't know where you're getting your information from. We have an internal meeting among energy sector agencies uh, to try and see how we resolve some other matters in the sector to ensure that there are no outages after we've committed to the rule of Ghana this year. Uh, we've continued those meetings today uh, and, and we've gotten some definitive if you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Uh, uh, plans and programs in place to ensure that the commitment that was given to the people of Ghana uh, consistent with the mandate that the Excellency the President has given my minister, of which we are assisting him, is achieved. Uh, no power outages. Except when it is an absolute imperative of which necessarily we have to inform Ghanaians uh, of, of any eventuality. But, I mean, it's not going to be as a result of uh, lack of payment and, and, and all that. Indeed, and in fact, since August of 2023, all IPP invoices are current. We've gone into an agreement with them where ECG pays them $43 million a month to meet their invoices. There's an outstanding obligation which you may term legacy with the Ministry of Finance and the Ministry of Energy. The government negotiating team is working to restructure and repay over a period of time. That conversation is far advanced. In fact, we reached agreement exchange time sheets with a significant number of IPPs. Uh, the remaining two or so is still ongoing and we will conclude the discussions mm. and make sure that we bring some sanity in terms of the finances in the energy sector phase. Uh, I see. Uh, the reason why I was uh, talking about the meeting with the IPPs was that uh, the sector minister, your boss, pointed out that those un- engagements. But by the way, what, what was the diagnosis of the problem then? Um, when that meeting was held. Um, are we to blame ECG for what we're experiencing, the regulator, or the power supply? I, I, I don't think it's a question of blame game. Uh, we all know that there are problems in the energy sector, and we are looking to resolve them. And so I will not single out one agency and say this is a person to blame or the other. 
het effect daar vandaan van dat is een, een way op te doen. Stick for responsibility for everything that happens in there. We know a few things that need to be done uh, to ensure that uh, the sector is sanitized, and that's exactly what we are working on to ensure that that is achieved. Uh, there's talk about WAPCO uh, and indebtedness to the company. Are you able to confirm or deny that? Yes, I, I believe that I said to you that we have some commercial issues with WAPCO. Uh, there were some payments that we gave them. We made some payments in December. Uh, they came back to say it wasn't enough. We wanted more. We went through an approval process to, as it were, get mutual finance to support the payment. Because of the holidays, we are unable to conclude on time. But that has been done, and the funds have actually been remitted to them, uh, as far as I know. And so they restored their services as of yesterday night at 8 p.m. And so that means that the power plants in the east were all onboarded, and full uh, generation uh, as what expected is what I know is, is the case as we speak. Uh, there's been a lot of reactions to this. I will get to what Ghanaians are saying. Uh, but uh, even in Parliament, the Deputy Majority Leader, uh, Amako Fibwa, then who served in the Energy Ministry at the time, uh, is pointing us to a possibility of doom so. Your take? It's unbelievable and, and rather, rather sad that at every point that there is some issue, uh, the, the opposition is quick to jump to say that ah, Dumso is back. And I wonder whether that really is their expectation or that because it was an issue during their tenure in office, they would wish that Ghanaians would suffer the same fate under the administration. Or even not at all, for, for seven years. Uh, yes, there's been occasion where we've had to turn on the power and fix some uh, systems improvement issues and all that. You recall the BCC where we took power off for about five days or so. Clearly uh, outlined what it is that we're doing to the people of Ghana and, and took the power off to enable work to be done. Okay, uh, the, the, like I said, uh, we made a lot of progress and I do not see why anybody will wish that we go back to do so and do. Uh, but of course, yeah, it's the politics, and that's how they want to play it. But what I can assure the people of Ghana through your medium is that Dumso belongs to the President John Mahama era. It has never been part of the Akufuado administration, and that is exactly what is going to be for the rest of his term. And hopefully, the presidency of the Latin better Mahmoud Bamiya come January 2025. Uh, if we have any community going off after having this uh, conversation with you, um, what should we take you for? Well, I wouldn't be in a position to indicate, as I sit here, what localized issue may happen anywhere across the country. But I can tell you that there was some generational shortfall yesterday or two days ago of about 510 megawatts. The cause was curtailment of that flow from the west to the east. That has been resolved. And so that shortfall of 510 is no longer there. 
And so, if there's a localized problem in my area in European town in second it cannot be attributed to the shortfall that we encountered this way. That's the point that I'm making. ECG has its own operational zones. There are issues that come up if there's an accident and a vehicle runs into an electric pole and is damaged. They have to fix it. Okay, if it's damaged, the power in that locality where it's impacted will go off. That obviously wouldn't have anything to do with the generation. Uh, the assurance that I'm giving to you is that the generation issue has been resolved. In fact, we've never had a generation issue for a very long time, even in the 12 years or the 8 years, uh, 4 years that you and I slept in Binsaw. Mm. There was no generation okay. issue. As the NDP government just didn't have the money to buy liquid fuel to power our plant. It was as simple as that. The, the demand now from some businesses is uh, is that we we we, we want a, a schedule, and that's also part of the concerns of the general public. You know, uh, the, the the need to publish a schedule so people will be aware when the lights may go off. Are you but open to this no idea? For a schedule, how do we put up a schedule? Okay, so what are we going to say in the schedule? That there will be no light off, or that I don't know why anybody will ask for a schedule when there's, there's none required. I've mentioned to you that two years ago, when we were doing the TCC, my minister held a press briefing and indicated quite clearly that, look, because of some upgrade works that were taking place in the Kema East region, there was a need for power to go up to enable the stringing of the electric wiring and all that on high tension. Created uh, GKV uh, uh, transmission line. That was communicated. Subsequently, I believe there was a three or four day outage. ECG and Gridco issued joint statements to indicate that. This was a one day event that has been resolved. So if you ask for a schedule, what schedule do you want? I'm asking that question because the independent power producers um, are not done with their concerns yet. Yes, you I have, a, you you, you, you have a mechanism. Um, uh, Minister, you, have, you, have, you have a mechanism now uh, between the ECG and the IPPs on, on the way forward. Yes, I'm talking about the legacy issues uh, and the debts that's still remaining in the sector. You would have to clear that. Um, irrespective of the um, of conditionalities. I'm asking how you intend to deal with that problem, knowing that that's the basis of the challenge that you have with them. Oh, you're making us repeat ourselves. I, I, uh, for, for, for just so that we are clear. I said to you that there's some legacy issue, which, if my recollection is correct, is about 1.7 billion. That we have ring friends and are negotiating with the IPP on paying it over a period of time. Those negotiations are far advanced. In fact, term sheets have been exchanged and agreements have been reached with at least four of them. There's some outstanding two that have are ongoing, including meetings that have been scheduled this week. And, and, week and, and, the, and the outstanding and ones, we know. If you give me a minute. Yeah. If you give me a minute. So that's being discussed, and if we sign off the restructuring and the payment tenure that we agree, the Minister of Finance is going to pay for that. But we are current invoices as of August to date, it's all current. 
EPG, because of the tiered system that we've introduced in the cash waterfall mechanism, what we're saying is that we don't want any issues with the IPP. We are private sector people who have invested in power plants in our economy. So pay them six, 43 million dollars agreed with all of them. The aggregate is 43 million. On a month-by-month basis since August, that money has been paid without I pay. get that, Honorable Minister. The, the, my concern so is about the outstanding... So, so there's no issue yeah. with IPP for anybody... But, but my concern is about the outstanding debt. Um, you, you've talked about settling for... Uh, if I may, there's the outstanding two. I just want to know if you settled Sonona Sogli. Uh, the concern is that's, of course, a critical facility. You haven't cleared your issues with them. If they pull the plugs today, we may be plunged into darkness. You see, the, the structure of our energy sector now, right, is such that every component is a critical uh, piece. Why? Because we have a take or pay obligation on the gas side. And so even though we have excess generation capacity, we need to utilize the gas. Because otherwise we'll be paying for the gas and also a take or pay obligation on the generation side. So we have to manage it carefully so that we get the optimal benefit of the country from these resources. I'm saying that on current invoices, yeah, but, but that's not that's not yeah. my question, sir. My question yeah. my question yeah. is about yes, yeah, my question I'll, is about the outstanding ones. You have a key if you challenge. If you haven't concluded the negotiation, then what do you expect? I'm saying the negotiation is ongoing. Out of the six, we have practically reached conclusions with four. I don't want to disclose them because they are confidential discussions. And so I don't want to put their names out. It's not going to help the discourse in any way. But there's been a whole gamut of negotiations on a case-by-case basis to try and understand each one's circumstances and how then we're able to resolve the issues of the outstanding with them. We've made significant progress with That's with two. The discussions are ongoing. Honourable Minister, Sunan Asogli was out in the public telling the general public that you haven't settled your outstanding obligations. I'm asking you if you... Yeah, so I'm asking what's the status because it's clear or apparent that you haven't dealt with the critical issues. They may pull the plugs again. And your definition of the critical issue is Sunan Asogli and the rest of them is relevant? I'm asking you a question. My concern is not about the... Yes. The choice of faith that you use really uh, can help or lead to a deterioration of the conversation. I'm saying that every single unit within the value chain is important. But, but my concern now, my concern now is about Sonu Nasogli. Uh, it's a pretty direct question. Have you dealt with the issues they've brought out in the public? We are in negotiations with two or all IPPs, all of them. So we've made significant progress, exchange them sheets. The two, we are still in negotiations with them. Does this two include Sonia Sogli, sir? I've, I've said to you that because we are confidential discussions, it will be inappropriate for me to name the entity. 
if you think that it is someone that me that's your point. No, 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 but, but I'm asking the question because of the transparency issues here. The, the company was out there in the public no, raising no, concerns no, about... I've been transparent enough with you. You want me to mention this. And I'm saying to you that because of the confidentiality nature of the conversation, I cannot put out names. That does not stop you from making conjecture. And so if you think it's someone talking, you don't force it out of me. I'm saying to you that there are certain IPPs that we're having conversations with. Out of them, we reach significant amount of with one, left with two. That the conversation is so ongoing, and when we conclude, whatever it is that those discussions will be made public for the Ghanaian consumer to see where it is that we are. It's, 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 it's as far as I can go. So, so these four include Sonona Sogli, which you've dealt with already. <laughs> yes. Sir. I'm with you, sir. Uh, you got your answer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, we'll leave it here. I'm grateful for your time. Uh, Andrew yeah. Javamesa is Deputy Energy uh, Minister. Um, obviously, uh, an interesting conversation there. And, of course, I will wait to see what the outcome of the negotiations uh, will be. Um, you're watching The Policy on the Joy News Channel. When we get back, we'll bring you some more stories. That's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow. It has a working surface on it. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I can see S-I-N-T-E-S syntax. That is so true, my daughter. When it falls down, it will spoil That's not true. But why? Hey! Syntex <laughs> was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? Blessing. Do you know of any good medical school I can take off you to? Oh, Fifi, is that why you're looking all moody? And I have some good news for you. The College of Medicine and Allied Sciences, COMAS, Accra, Ghana, is a degree-awarding institution, and they offer Bachelor of Medicine and Bachelor of Surgery using the Graduate Entry Medical Programs, Bachelor of Diagnostic Imaging, and BSc Health Information Management. All these programs are accredited by GTEC. Their bilingual curriculum prepares you to consult in French. But I'm worried about admissions. Admissions are ongoing contact us on facebook or on instagram at info.comas or call us on 0208-456-556 or send them an email info at comas.edu.gh comas the citadel of a holistic professional medical education
the new force. Embrace the new force. All my life you have been faithful. First Sky Group, a wholly owned Ghanaian company made up of First Sky Construction, First Sky Bitumen Processing, First Sky Commodities, Volta Serene Hotel, Serene Insurance, First Sky Energies, and Feral Rural Bank. Warmly invite you to its 21st Thanksgiving service on the theme, The Faithfulness of the Lord Never Ceases, Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 to 23. The Thanksgiving service in two parts will be hosted by the founder and executive chairman, Mr. Eric Sedi Kutocha. Friday, January 12, 2024, all night from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. at the Trinity Temple Assemblies of God Church, TTAG Community Center, Ministry in Word. Reverend Mark Sese, National Missions Director, Assemblies of God, Sierra Leone, Reverend Sujit Alex, Thames North Area Leader, Assemblies of God, UK, Sunday, January 14, 2024, Thanksgiving service at the main auditorium of the Accra International Conference Center at 10 a.m. Guest Speaker, Most Reverend Dr. Paul Kwabena Boafo, Presiding Bishop, the Methodist Church, Ghana. Special guest of honor, the Chief Justice, Her Ladyship, Mrs. Gertrude Araba Esaba Saki Tokomi. Ministering in music will be Team Eternity and others. Also in attendance will be his... Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Eminence, Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams, Reverend Dr. Stephen Yanusam Wengam, General Superintendent, Assemblies of God, Ghana, Reverend Professor Paul Frimpon Mansu, Immediate Past General Superintendent, Assemblies of God, Ghana, Reverend Dr. Silvanos Amagashichi Elon, Head Pastor, Trinity Temple, Assemblies of God, Ghana, Reverend Mark Sese, National Missions Director, Assemblies of God, Syria Liu, Reverend Sujit Alex, Thames North Area Leader, Assemblies of God, UK, Apostle Professor Kojo Ninfo Opoku Onina, Reverend Dr. Lawrence Tete, Reverend Eastwood Anaba, Reverend Dr. Joyce Ai, Reverend Eddie Annan, Assemblies of God UK and other senior clergy. For more details, contact 020-854-3441 or 050-148-2580. It's the First Sky Group 21st Thanksgiving service. Don't miss it.
And now the ECOWAS Community Court of Justice says it is ready to adjudicate any electoral disputes that may arise before, during and after the general elections this year. West Africa has experienced a surge in unconstitutional changes in government resulting in criticisms against the regional bodies such as the ECOWAS Court for failing to act on its mandate of justice delivery. However, speaking on the sidelines of a sensitization mission of the ECOWAS Court in Accra today, Head of Legal Services and Research at the ECOWAS Court, Aprikunkitia told journalists that the regional body is read, ready to hear the grievances of any political group or individual. Very well, because as I just said a minute ago, the, the court is the principal organ of the community. And the matters that the community is facing right now definitely has some legal connotations. So to talk about relevance, I think, is an understatement in the sense that as we speak right now, even the former president of Sierra Leone is um, having an issue, and then he's brought a matter before the court. And then Bazoon, who was also overthrown, also brought a matter before the court. Sometimes some of this become a stopgap for what the citizenry could have done if there is no such a legal platform for them to assert their rights. So I would say that its relevance is still, um, um, you know, vogue. Well, we're asking the question because if you look at the sub-region, so many breaches when it comes to the rule of law, uh, unconstitutional changes in government. Uh, but what role would you say you've been playing to, to you know, um, bring down these incidents? Great. That's a very good, important question. But the problem the court has is, like as you have it in the national system, the court becomes the last resort. And until someone who is affected by some of these injustices and breaches brings the matter before the court, the court so much cannot go in there and help. So I think the matters that have been brought before the court with respect to stability, um, human rights, um, infringement, and the rest, I think the court has distinguished itself very well in that um, respect. But of course, there's one problem. When the court gives the judgment, it is up to the political leaders to implement. And if they, without the implementation of the court judgment, the mischief that the applicant who came to court want to avoid will still be there. And therefore, the relevance of the court will not be felt in such circumstances. But of course, if the political leaders are up and doing, and they respect the opinion of the court, of course, at the end of the day, we could keep some of these um, upheavals that we have in our political... Well, that has been one of the crusades that we've been doing over the years, that if the court is given, even though it may come with some kind of um, difficulties, but once such a power is given to the court, I think we should be able to navigate some of the hindrances that will, you know, enforcement of court decisions, you must have some standing, um, um, let's say, force, like in Ghana or in other civil jurisdictions where you have the police and other um, security service helping you with the implementation. But if um, the court is given power to enforce its own judgment, I think some of these nuances will also be looked at, and then it will work well for the patrons of the court. Uh, we have uh, not less than five elections, I guess, within the sub-region this year. What role, uh, how are you readying yourself as, um, you know, uh, disputes, uh, resolution body that, that will aid these countries going into a democratic process. That includes Ghana as well. What role will you be playing? Yeah, um, you know, the court as an institution of ECOWAS actually is coordinated 
with the other institutions of ECOWAS by the Secretariat, that is the ECOWAS Commission. What I know is that there's early warnings committee that are sent into these countries to monitor um, infractions of our electoral, electoral laws and the rest. Once such infractions are flagged, and then the people who are affected, let's say if a political party thinks that some of the doings of uh, the certain government is not agreeing with, they can come to the court to remedy the situation. And we've done it several times in Cote d'Ivoire and other places. So the proactiveness of uh, the people who are concerned in the electoral matters will also help the courts in living up with these um, um, responsibilities. But of course, if a matter of that is brought before the court under the protocol for democracy and good governance, there are so many provisions that regulate the conduct of elections in member countries. And trust me, if they are brought before the court, we will try to make sure that respect is given to those provisions for the benefit of the citizens of the community. In the context of Ghana? Of course, Ghana is not an exception. We treat all member countries the same. Once there's an election, the early warning team will come, followed by some monitoring team, and then we invite also memoranda from stakeholders. If they think that part of uh, the rules of engagement are not being properly harnessed or being abused, the court is there to receive such petitions and deal with it. When is the early warning team starting to work on Ghana? Well, there are timelines. I cannot give it off head now, but I know that the Coas Commission does that once the election falls in that particular year, there's a calendar that they work with the electoral stakeholders in the country in order to make sure that respect is given to the provisions of uh, the protocol on democracy and good governance. And in terms of workforce, do you have enough judges to sit on these cases? It's one of the crusades that we're making, but we don't see that being realized anytime soon because the community is calling for um, economic hardship and they want to cut. And in fact, the entire community is very much aware of the hardship that is being occurring in the country. So we are advocating for more judges in order to create more chambers and panels in handling cases. But I think it wouldn't be ideal at this time because we are all aware. Ghana is not peculiar. All other member countries, when you go, they talk about economic hardship. And the funding of all ECOWAS institutions actually is from the member states. And our chief executive officer of the Confanoche Teaching Hospital, Professor Autry Diamond, is appealing to uh, philanthropists and also corporate bodies to assist in defraying debts uh, of detained uh, patients uh, at the hospital. This follows a massive congestion at the facility, resulting in the hospital's uh, front desk being used as wards for patients. Patients and emergency units cannot be sent to the wards for treatments as beds are occupied by discharged patients owing medical bills. That's more. Fuanoche Teaching Hospital has exceeded its capacity of housing 1,200 patients to more than 2,500 patients. The hospital receives over 800 patients daily. The surging number of patients forced management to turn the hospital's reception into a ward. The absence of alternative healthcare facilities across the Ashanti region contributes to the congestion at the hospital. Professor Ochre Ademensa is CEO. And we uh, receiving referrals from 12 out of the 16 regions in Ghana. It is naturally at every point in time there are patients that are dischargeable, but many of them or some of them are unable to go because they haven't paid or more bills. There have been instances where people have stayed in the hospital for about a month. Three weeks, two weeks, and then they get down. 
There have been instances when before a ghost to Hanano over here now, if you are fire, are you for BIM? The hospital's walls are compounded as patients at the emergency unit cannot be sent to the wards for further treatment. Beds have been occupied by discharged patients unable to pay their hospital bills. Philanthropists and corporate bodies have been assisting in defraying bills of some patients. The CEO calls for more support. Emergency hall. On your right is the orange ward. It is meant for 12, the capacity is 12. Today, the 9th of January, as we speak, the total number of patients in the orange ward are 40. And so you can imagine. Now, part of the, the congestion is partly due to the fact that Yeshua Mo emergency, they are out of the woods. I will see they will come back to the wards. But over here in the wards, you know, now our patients who have that beds, so I have discharge you. But they haven't left because they haven't paid their bills. And they contributed to the congestion in that regard. Yellow ward, it is meant for 18. And there, as we speak, the 9th of January, and Nipa Neho on year 27. Red, it's meant for 7. The total number of patients there were, as we speak, year 13. And you imagine that Yashe Omo Free Emergency Mood, I will see a Omo Call Ward for continuous care, now eventually, yeah, discharge Omo. On the old old Kasiyan for Omo Call, Neho the Ashanti Business Owners Association have donated over 100,000 Ghana cities to cover the debt of some patients at the wards. Kwesi Echampon is chairman. We have a belief that though everybody is a needy, but we see the person who is sick and who is confined in the hospital as the most needy person. So we, we came together to, uh, in a compassionate way to come and pay for their bills. For Joy News, Mona Lisa Frimpon reporting. And now pregnant women in Ophorikrum risk losing their babies amongst uh, other related uh, issues uh, within the community. And this is as a result of the bad nature of roads in the area. There's more in this report. Ophorikrum municipality is one of the prominent municipalities in the Ashanti region considering the location and also the vast electoral population. But it's interesting to know that vicinities in this municipality like Ayeduyase, Emena and Buedi are being strangled to extension by poor roads. And residents here are living in severe concern. The road networks in Ayeduyase, Apiedu, Buedi and Emina are rough parts, disfigured with countless potholes that create a turbulent journey. Lucy is a nine-month-old expectant mother who uncomfortably plies the Apiedu Emina road to seek maternal care at the Enimwa Medical Center at Emina. The bumpy, dusty road causes significant jolts, shaking her body joints to the core. Lucy explains how she had to limp throughout her over 25 minutes journey to get to the medical center. The portals are too many and we suffer as pregnant women. The car will shake you and you end up with waist pains. I was so tired when I got down from the bus. I had to live. Prince Oboy has been driving within the Ofuruku municipality for over eight years. 
He recounts the catastrophic ordeal faced by his pregnant passengers. I told out to be for paying for a mental hospital and I didn't we pick pregnant women, and from the driving mirror, you can see how roughly the car is throwing them about. I am always steady with how I drive. Sick passengers get their conditions worsened. This bulletproof door has ordinarily been coated with white paint, but just as you can see, dust has already formed its coat around it. Let's engage some of the workers to find out how the dust here is affecting their work and their health. The dust is too much. All of our works have been stained. It is even worse when it rains. You can't walk close to the road. Our cars are getting spoiled, and our car owners are seizing our cars because of our constant complaints. I bought an absorber yesterday. It has spoiled today. The aggrieved residents are pleading with authorities to fulfill promises and assurances of tackling the road infrastructure in the municipality. They always come and stage a show like they are coming to repair the road. Yet after elections, it ceases. They should come and repair the road, else we won't advise ourselves. Reporting for Johnny's Clinton, Ghana National Nurses and Midwife uh, Association is demanding the, that nursing training allowances be made a government policy instead of a political campaign promise. President of the association uh, has been speaking at the 31st Annual Delegates Conference of the Association in Accra, where uh, there's an indication that the nursing students uh, play a pivotal role in healthcare delivery systems. Therefore, the allowances must also be enshrined uh, in the policies of the country. We propose that allowances should be made as a government policy instead of a, of a campaign policy. We must advocate for training nurse and midwife allowance to be enshrined in the government policy of this particular country. That no political party can alter it as to whether It's become a government policy that any government that comes to power is to be obligatory for them to do the needful and not to suggest or make reference to other parties of which have not done diligence in the matter. Guaranteeing timely and consistent payment of the training nurses and midwives will also be actively to support and augment our training nurses and midwives in their changes. Collaborating with the Controller General Department can also provide a clear payment plan, ensuring that the training nurse and midwife financial clearance or allowances is being moved from the gift system and be used as well the controller general department system to prevent the discrepancies and the inconsistencies in the various nursing colleges. We will also seek that there will be a timely 
parliamentary review of fee increment proposals. As we speak now, there have not been any bill uh, review for the past five years from Parliament. There's a bill act of Parliament that is supposed to review the, the school fees, rectify some uh, discrepancies, things that need to be uh, taken off, added that need to be added, then submit approval to the Minister of Finance, to be submitted to the Ministry of Health, and then transcended to the Health Training Institution Unit to Kohati, and then to the students. But as we speak now, we have not gotten any approved fees from the Parliamentary Act, which is supposed to be do this. And we keep on having internal increment from the Ministry of Health, which is affecting the training nurses and midwives. Additionally, the voices and perspectives of the two student leadership must be considered during discussing to ensure a fair and transparent decision-making to favor the student front as well as the system put in place. The Ghana School of Law is demanding that government stays away from its uh, internally generated funds as this is taking a toll on the infrastructural development of the school. According to the director of uh, the school, uh, Berma Yaokodiopong, in 2023 alone, the school paid more than 12 million Ghana cities to the government, representing some 25% of the school's internally generated funds. He spoke at the uh, induction ceremony of the 994 students who passed the law school entrance examination into the 2023-2024 professional career course of the Ghana School of Law. Established in 1958, the Ghana School of Law is the only institution responsible for training law graduates in the professional law course program. Speaking at the induction ceremony for the 2023-2024 badge, the director of the school, Berimayao Kodi upon demanded the government waived the requirement for the school to give 25% of its internally generated funds to the government. He noted that the removal of such requirement will greatly help in expansion of infrastructure for the various campuses. The Ghana School of Law is the only institution of education that pays part of its IGF to the government. In fact, last year alone, we paid in excess of 12 million Ghana cities to the government of Ghana. Until recently, the government was taking in excess of 30% of our IGF. And so, honorable, if you are surprised that since 1982, when you left the school, these buildings that accommodated you and your friends have virtually seen very little or significant expansion. It's all because the government shares our money with us and hardly makes any contribution for the expansion. And so I'm very certain that within a short time, you'll be able to make a case for us not only to get back all our IGF, but also be on the back of other financial institutions, including state institutions, to provide for us the needed accommodation. Speaker of Parliament Alban Bagbin on his part assured he will ensure funds are made available for infrastructural development in the school. I want to end up by assuring you that I will definitely be in touch with my good friend the President 
His Excellency Nana Adodankwa Akufuado will ensure that the Ghana School of Law becomes a better place than we have it now. He also underscored the need for high ethical conduct in the law practice as he bemoaned the falling standards among practitioners and also advised the inductees to see their profession as a service to humanity and not an avenue for making money. Now, the world is experiencing an ethical crisis and Ghana is no exception. Some of the issues facing the country are widespread misappropriation of public funds, abuse of power. We have a constitution that we are not following the dictates of the constitution by the dictates of presidents. We have growing institutional indiscipline. The mentality that winning at all costs is acceptable and making an exception for oneself without acknowledging any ethical boundaries. Ethical conduct of some lawyers has fallen short of what is expected President of the Ghana Bar Association, Yao Champombwafo, charged the inductees to exhibit good character, especially with their social media activities. Take note of this. Technology aids, but doesn't substitute. Watch what you do on social media, especially in this unforgiving generation um, of the internet. Because it may be the reason why you never become a chief justice. Because one moment of a TikTok post in just, in just, may be the day that you appear before the appointments committee for the vision to the Supreme Court, that will be pulled out that you are not serious. Take your time here seriously. In all, 994 out of the 2,990 who sat for the 2023 entrance exams were inducted into the professional law course, which is expected to last for two years. Prince Kwame Kudoga's report for Joy News. In Accra, uh, residents of uh, Race Coast community in the Anyasotum uh, constituency uh, have uh, raised concerns over the security issues and also the activities uh, of uh, some shipping and logistic warehouse uh, companies in the area. According to the Landlords Association uh, in the Anyasotum community, uh, the big tracks of load goods into warehouses. Uh, posing danger to residents, especially school children. This morning, this report. The association, they have written several letters to the municipal chief executive, police and other stakeholders concerned, but to no avail. They complain that robbery cases are even higher due to recent power outages. Coupled with this, activities of shipping and logistics warehouses are posing a danger to residents. Joseph Ekholmensa is the vice chairman of the Landlords Association of the community. He has been speaking to these concerns raised by residents. The most scary part of his activities are these 40-footer vehicles, which are packed, 40-footer vehicles, containers, which are packed in front of the houses. 
one can count about four of five or six these long vehicles parked on this very small road which endangers pedestrians especially school children you have about two or three schools around this area and in the morning you can see parents rushing to school with their children and uh, it's very very scary that if action is not taken and the most untoward happens it will be very very unfortunate for people who are staying in this area a person who is using the place as a warehouse don't even have a fire extinguisher in the place and if maybe certain untoward thing happens uh, the whole area will be put into flames yeah we have written about five letters to the assembly yet we have not received any response from them as far as action to be taken against him for not using the place as a commercial entity which the assembly knows that is a purely residential area but they are inaction has resulted in we taking this matter to the courts if we are pushed to the wall i think a court will be the ultimate when we talk about security it borders on somebody being harmed somebody let's say uh, in case of an accident uh, this a uh, uh, robbery this uh, this a uh, uh, robbery robbery cases residents have this to say about the situation i am i am, I am very much in support um, especially with the new sounds of the tracks from this stretch down from the junction there to the back there. I think there are about three warehouses in the area, almost on every lane. And um, I think the main concern is anytime you're driving out or in, you have to meander your way through to reach your destination because the place, the roads are not that big enough for them to also park while traffic can also flow easily. If, if he could uh, put in mechanisms that um, maybe the trucks can come in one at a time or immediately they come, they enter his premises and offload the goods and then go away. I think that will help all of us. Uh, there are a lot of workers here, one or two. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good for the community. It's good for the community. So probably what, what, what the, uh, the owner of the business is supposed to do is that he put in, uh, how do you call it, uh, safety measures as the earlier uh, speaker said maybe one container comes he enters another camp also uh, take off his goods three years also has seen some activity um, of miscreants i had a personal experience uh, about um, two months ago somebody climbed over my wall in the night i think there was a uh, lights out and then he jumped into my compound and started removing uh, our driving mirrors. So they removed two uh, mirrors of two vehicles, my personal one and the, the uh, other person's car. A generating plan that was, that was working, that was functioning. But somehow they managed to steal it. Uh, so the long vehicles, because of recent... Uh, Power outages, Cocos Road accident, and also there's a school located right around that place. And students have been using that route, so um, maybe they have to use uh, 
like road signs to alert people that there are long vehicles around and that when they are using the road they should be careful there that's it so, um we have a problem over here because of the shipping agents who are posing a hazardous danger for the community especially the school children and because of that on this road you see the trot trot drivers and all the drivers coming towards race course they all pass over here and it causing a lot of problem for us on the other hand, the government says they have constructed this road since 2015, but we, it has not been captured. You can see for yourself what the road is. The AC Foundation is calling for the operationalization of the Domestic Violence Fund. Since the establishment of the fund, the victims haven't received aid uh, from it due to government's failure to implement proper disbursement structures. The executive director of the foundation, Angela Joyman-Abwachi, made the call during a donation event by the 1973 set of Wesley Gales uh, students uh, as they celebrate 50 years. Two in every five women in Ghana have experienced a form of domestic violence according to the Ghana Statistical Service. Despite their escalating cases, victims struggle to access support. Although a domestic violence fund was established for this purpose, it remains non-functional since its inception. Even though there's a domestic violence act that has set up a domestic violence fund, that fund is still not operational in terms of being able to not only generate money but disseminate money to those of us who are practitioners on the ground. Speaking at a donation made to the ACT Foundation by the 1973 old girls of the Wesley Girls High School as part of their 50th anniversary celebration, the executive director of the foundation, Angela Dromina Abuaji appealed to the government to put in place the necessary measures to ensure the fund is operational for victims to get the necessary support. What the government agencies and the government can do, make sure that that domestic violence fund is working. If it works, that is the legal way that the government has provided for those of us who work with survivors to be able to tap into those resources and use it to support, not take hold of the whole work that we do, but to support the work that we do with survivors. So if there's anything I'll tell any government, and it has not been this government, it's been administration after administration. We've been in this for 25 years. Okay, administration after administration. It's just that make the legal provisions that you've made for funding that fund and making sure it is operationalized because we get the information that funds go into that fund. But just ensuring that people are able to access it, it's a problem. And it's more of somebody not doing their job. The old girls donated 50,000 Ghana cities to the foundation to help refurbish the shelter for victims. President for the year group, Gladys Asari, commended the foundation for its great job over the years. And I must say that we are very impressed with what you are doing. And I'm happy that we decided to take up the challenge to support you. In fact, sometimes when you hear about these NGOs and the things they are doing, most people do not have confidence in them because there's always been NGOs who start and then somewhere along the line, then nothing happens. So when we muted the idea that we need to support people who are in this kind of things, and Susie suggested, we took it up. And I must say that it was a very good decision that we have made. 
Now we have heads. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial grade supplies for every industry with same day pickup and next day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So much about you. And I believe that when we go from here, we'll want to do more for the shelter. Angela Dramina Abwaji also called on well-meaning Ghanaians to support the cost of the NGO. If God gives you some funding in your pocket, remember there are places, good places that you can take these funds to. Okay, so here I won't even just speak for the Art Foundation. I'll speak for every organization that works directly with people. It's a life thing. You take care of the person from morning till evening till night till the next morning depending on the need that they have. It's not that they are weak. It's just that they are in trouble. And so all you're doing is to try to bring out of them the resources they need so they can live a life, a productive life. And so if you have money as a church, as an organization, as a a person, and you please come to us, um, bring us some money. We'll put it in the right place. The ARC Foundation has been supporting domestic violence victims for the past 25 years. Esther Nkrumah and Matilda Senes report for Joy News. Failure to me uh, have secured a spot in the Guinness World Record books for the longest culinary marathon after spending uh, 10 challenging days crafting uh, some meals for patrons. But uh, some of the patrons who thronged the uh, event center had other purposes in mind. Some uh, attendees supporting Chef Isla were also actively seeking uh, for partners during the event. It makes a lot of business here. People are all over making money. If you make yourself not to be lazy, you will get what you can get here. So you think it's, um, her performance here is an avenue for people to make money. Yes, it's true. How much do you charge for a motorbike? Um, or is this a, you have a flat uh, rate. A motorbike when they are back. You have a flat rate, or what's the variation? Um, the issue is that in the motorbike, if they are to park and you give somebody a ticket, if the person come out, the person will just do something. Two cities. So that two cities at least you help the organization and Madame Fela and help the person too because the person come come out any time that the person wants and take his motorbike. I'm looking for a husband. I'm looking for a husband. If they can get some for me. Is it a military husband you want? An ordinary guardian on the street? Very simple. And what are your uh, specifications? <laughs> oh, at least a man should be understandable. The man should know whom I am to pick me and I'll also accept him. So now you see, this platform is just not for cooking. No. Someone is here appealing for a, a man so if I elsewhere or anywhere in Ghana well uh, we say good luck to uh, her anyway that's all we have for you in this package of the false and bless us we're going to log on to myjoronline.com lots of stories there for you um, to update yourself on but we'll see you again next time bye bye